Well, good morning, everybody. We are so glad that you're joining us this morning. We wish that it was in person, but due to some of the issues that we're facing with COVID and the fact that, frankly, Republic has uh, become a hotbed for COVID cases, and just because of the effect that it's had on our church personally, leadership decided that it would be best for us to do service in this way. So we hope that you're tuned in and joining us. We do want to hit you with a few quick announcements that we have uh, that have been disrupted a little bit because we aren't in person uh, for service. But we are partnering with People Helping People to support two families who are in desperate need of our help to make Christmas happen in their household. We are supporting a total of eight children, and there's a sign-up sheet that you'll find online. We'll put it on the Facebook page. I'm going to post it in the comment section uh, below service here so that you can see that as well. And uh, I just want to make sure that we have the opportunity to serve these two families that are in our community by helping purchase gifts and essential needs for their children at Christmas time. We want them to be able uh, to celebrate Christmas a lot like most of our kids do, making sure that they have gifts under the tree. So on that sign-up sheet, you will find the different needs for the different children, and we're asking that you sign up for those things, and we will come up with a date uh, for you to turn all that stuff in. Right now, it looks like it's going to be next Sunday. Whether we have in-person service or not, I will cut out a piece of time for you to come up here on Sunday and deliver those gifts so that we can get those to people helping people so that they can help those families have Christmas. And that's extremely important, extremely vital. You guys are such a generous group and you have been giving so much already and we are just so appreciative of that. But we're asking for just one step further as we support a couple families in the Republic neighborhood. I do want to let you know that as we didn't have in-person church service uh, today, that Wednesday we are not going to be having the gathering either. We're going to take a second week off of that. The last week we took off because of Thanksgiving. This week we're just taking off to try to give people a chance to get a little bit more healthy. And so we hope that that's the case, and we hope that we get to meet back next Sunday, but that decision has not yet been made. Please, 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 please. Get on the sign-up sheet and see how you might be able to sign up and help out with one of these families so that we can support them for Christmas. We hope that you guys are having a great week, and we are excited that you've decided to join us this morning for worship. Well, I also want to say good morning to you uh, this morning, and thank you for joining us online here today for worship. Uh, Like Paul was saying, you know, we all wish we could be together uh, here at Crosspoint together, but uh, at least we have a a chance to do this online. We have a chance to worship God together, even though we're all in separate homes this morning. And I just ask you just to, you know, uh, pretend like that that we're all together worshiping God in the same room this morning. Close your eyes. uh, Read the lyrics on on the screen. It'll be down uh, below at, at the bottom of your screen and just jump into the worship. Celebrate God this morning and celebrate what God has done uh, through the sending of his son to earth. Um, We're celebrating Christmas right now. We're going to start out with a Christmas song this morning. Let's sing a couple songs together and then we'll get into the message. And um, I just, again, thank you for being here with us to help us uh, worship God um, collectively, even though we're all separate.
Good morning again. Like I said, we are so glad that you have decided to join us this morning for worship online. We hope that we get to join you in person next week, but just in case, if not, understand that we will be live uh, next week as well at 10 a.m. But we are so glad that you have decided to join us as we continue our series, The Cast of Christmas. This is week two, and we look at Mary. Now, sometimes something happens in your life And it takes you from obscurity to the forefront of everyone's minds. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time for people to be able to reflect on what happened to decide whether or not it was good or bad. Now, Mary falls into that last category. History remembers her as the mother of Jesus. We celebrate her, in fact, for being the mother of Jesus. But in her day and age, she was a lot of things. Celebrated wasn't one of them. Now let's talk about Mary and give you a little background on Mary as we go forward. First and foremost, Mary also lived in the time of Herod the Great. Uh, We're going to be in Luke chapter 1 again today, and we're going to be looking at the portion that specifically talks about Mary. And you will see uh, that obviously she lived in the same time because she's there in the same chapter in the same book. Now her estimated age at the time of her betrothal and pregnancy with Jesus would have been about 13. She would have been about 13 years of age. Now, I know that that's something that we hear and we think, oh my goodness, 13. But you need to understand that that day and age is pretty common. Life expectancy wasn't as long. Uh, children, was, children were, uh, a, a, frankly, a kind of a great commodity. They were a status symbol, so to speak. The more children you had, the better your life was. And it was kind of how people left their legacy. And so They were having, they were married younger and having children younger so that they could kind of, frankly, uh, make the most out of their childbearing years, so to speak. And so we hear 13 and we kind of cringe at it a little bit, but understand that at this day and age, it, it wasn't uncommon at all. Now, she was part of the peasantry, okay, part of the peasantry. So this would have been skilled laborers. They faced a triple tax burden, which is insane. We think we have a bad now, but the peasants in that day, they, they faced a triple tax burden, and they were very, very poor. Now, she was the virgin mother of Jesus, which is very important to our faith, 
And at the time that we see her, she was betrothed to Joseph. I know I already said that about her betrothal. She was about 13. She was betrothed to Joseph. Uh, and, and when we think about this, a lot of us think about sort of an engagement. It's more than that. Betrothal wasn't just an engagement. Think they were already married, just not yet living together. So this is a very serious, very committed relationship that she finds herself in. We kind of have all that background information. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1. We're going to be in verses uh, 26 through uh, 33 to start us out. And this is what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And it's kind of comical if we think about it, because you hear the angel say to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And then the response is that Mary was greatly troubled, almost as if she was thinking like, man, what have I gotten myself into now? I know something big's about to happen. So we continue in verse 30. It says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So while we're looking at Mary's story and we're looking at this proclamation that comes from the angel Gabriel, same angel we saw last week that, that came and brought proclamation to Zechariah, the first thing that I think we learn from this situation is this. Sometimes the favor of the Lord shines on us in a way that feels like it's storming on us instead. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the favor of the Lord shines on us in a way that it feels like at the time it's storming on us instead. Mary's message from Gabriel that she was highly favored had to feel like the complete opposite. The complete opposite. He starts with her highly favored and then tells her, you're going to have this child. And in her mind, she's thinking, I'm not married yet. And it had to seem like the complete opposite of a blessing. Become, becoming pregnant at that time in her life was the farthest thing from a blessing. It's easy to focus on her age, but again, we talked about that. That would have been common. That, that's not the part that would have made her kind of shudder at the fact, oh, I'm going to be pregnant. That, that's not it. But having been found to have had a marital relationship outside of marriage with a baby and the betrothed, not the father, she might as well kiss her life goodbye. See, Joseph had every right in those days to demand Mary's death. And her very best prospect would have been that Joseph just divorce her, which we'll look at Joseph in the coming weeks, and we know that he was a man of honor and a man of good character, and he, he wanted to quietly divorce her because he loved her, and we'll talk about that later. But she didn't know that at the time. Her best prospect would have been for Joseph to divorce her, and then at that point, she's no longer betrothed, no longer married. She has a child. She's unmarriable. No one's going to marry this woman now. Okay, no one is going to marry this woman now. She would have been poor, more poor than what she already was, reliant on her family to take care of her, and frankly, she probably would have been reduced to beggar status. She would have had to beg her way through life for people to provide for her very basic needs. 
You see, sometimes God puts an obstacle before us and it doesn't feel like a blessing, but it's only for our good in the end. There's no way that Mary could have known at that time that she would still be celebrated today as the mother of Jesus. At the time, I can only imagine how scary everything must have been for her. And so sometimes we face these obstacles and we think, how am I supposed to ever overcome this? How am I supposed to ever deal with this? In no way, shape, or form does this feel like a good thing, but God is using it to work for our good. You know, I hated myself when I was an addict, and I think most of you know that, but I have a history of addiction. I hated myself. But you know what? Now I understand addiction so much better, and I'm able to empathize with others when they struggle themselves. And I'm able to understand and realize that when they say, I wish things weren't this way, they mean it. And they truly feel that way. But that the addiction just has such a grip on their life that they're not quite able to overcome it at the time. I've been very open about my mental health in the past as well. At the onset of depression, guys, I felt like I was going absolutely crazy. I felt, frankly, insane. And it felt like my world was crashing down around me. But I learned so much in that time about faith and about clinging to the Father and about diving deep into the Word of God to combat all the lies that Satan will tell you in times when you are in the throes of depression. I also learned that people can't just get over it and move on. That it's not as simple as just faking it until you make it. And yet sometimes that's all you can do. Depression is sad and just saps the life out of you when you're struggling with it. And there are so many other mental health issues that we face in our world. And people are struggling with them every single day. And if I hadn't gone through some of those things myself... I would still have this distorted view that somehow, some way, they could just choose to be better. Not something, by the way, that I'm proud of, but it helped me develop further understanding and even more empathy for the world around me that I know is struggling with the effects of sin being a part of our world. I've also talked to you guys countless times about The way that Cordelia, our beautiful eight-year-old, extremely intelligent, smart, wonderful daughter, entered this world, and how sick her mother was during that pregnancy, and how how Jerrica and she almost died. And man, I thought my world was ending at the onset of depression, but when I was faced with with the possibility of losing both of them, guys, it didn't look like the sun would ever shine in the world again, but I was taught so much about faith in that moment and about prayer and about praying confidently without doubting and about my faith and about how as a Christian man I should face adversity in life. All of these things, these three things, and I could go on, I could list a whole sermon of all the bad stuff that's happened to me and what I've learned from it and that may be beneficial but But I say all of this to say that sometimes we face obstacles in life that later we find to be blessings. 
that at the time just feels like we are being dumped on and that God has forgotten us and that we are alone. And I can only imagine that Mary in this time, while she's getting this news, is just kind of melting and feeling almost as if, I, how is this going to happen? I learned something else through all of these things as well. And it's this, that God's word never fails. God's word never fails. In Luke chapter 1, 34 through 37, Mary speaks back to the angel and she says, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word of God will ever fail. Mary, much like Zechariah, had a question for Gabriel, but notice that the tone is so very, very different. She isn't asking God if he's sure. She isn't questioning what the angel has delivered to her. She just wants to know how. God, how is this going to happen? Gabriel, how can this possibly be? I'm just now betrothed. I've never been with a man. I am a virgin. How can your word become true to me? And the long story short is, God's word never fails. I'm going to take you back through another story of my history. You know, a couple years back when I went to back to school to get my master's in special education, I did so at the leading of the spirit. I'm 100% confident with that. I liked at the time where I was working, I was making a competitive wage. I know that's kind of like a buzz word in our culture these days, but I was making a competitive wage. I loved the life that we had built from the security that the job I had at the time had provided for us. We were in a comfortable place. So initially the desire to make the change, it wasn't there. It just wasn't. I liked what I was doing. I liked the people that I worked with. I liked the company that I worked for. I liked the money that I was making. I wanted to stay where I was at, but I felt God leading me in a different direction. And I'll be honest with you, it took a couple years, frankly, for me to wrap my head around the call that God was placing on my life and, and to finally take the steps forward to make sure that that calling became a, a reality. But once the calling became undoubtedly clear, my question was how? I just wanted to know how because I, I didn't know how it would make sense. I felt God calling me into education. I knew that he had placed this special place in my heart for people with special needs. I knew that those two would combine. But how was I, a, a, a biblical studies major with a concentration in biblical languages, going to move into education. It just didn't make a lot of sense. Let me take you through kind of the steps so that you can see how they, everything played out and you will see this miracle in my life and how when God proclaims something into your life, his word will not fail. Jarek and I bought a house uh, that we live in still to this day back in 2012 for far less 
I mean far less than its appraised value. I don't say that to brag. I just say that to show you how great God's blessing and foreknowledge of what the calling would be in my life was. Now, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. Uh, It was a blessing from God. I I just said that. There was no skill involved, no business acumen. Uh, For lack of a better term, it fell into our laps. And I had no idea the greater role that it would play in a future calling. So as I get this calling years later, five to six years later, and, and I feel God calling me to, to walk into education, to, to work in this field alongside working as a pastor, I, I, I was made aware of this program at Jury through time that I spent being a substitute teacher called the DATS program, the Jury Alternative Track to Special Education. Now, it's not an easy one to get into. It requires multiple recommendations, a personal interview, and frankly, luck. But who needs luck when God is on your side? And who needs luck when God has spoken? I was admitted to the program, and very quickly after that, I had received a TEACH grant. That's, I'm not saying that's not a miracle. I was blessed to receive it, but I think that that's something that a lot of people entering the education field receive. So I'm not going to put that out there like it's I uniquely received this grant and nobody else has ever done that. But I received this TEACH grant that I needed. It covered funds that I didn't have and otherwise would not have been able to cover. So combining that grant with the equity that we had in our home, I was now able to afford tuition for this program that God was calling me to enter, to, to lead me to this field, to lead me into this place where God was calling my life to go. Again, we bought this house five to six years earlier. And I had no idea at the time that it it would be used in a way that would help me fulfill the calling that God had placed on my life. Now, once I accepted that calling, once I got into the program, once the funds were taken care of, there were so many 80 plus hour weeks where I'm working a full-time job and pastoring a church and going to school a few hours short of full time every semester as well. There would be so many nights where I wouldn't get to bed until 12 to 1 a.m. And I'd have to wake up at 5 a.m. just to go back to work to make sure that we were provided for and that bills were paid for. And I feel like in that time, God gave me and Jericho both some supernatural power to get through that entire situation. Because I was able to to, to do all of these things that God was calling me to do in life and somehow, frankly, not lose my mind, even though at times it felt like I should or maybe could or even wanted to. But I knew well enough to know that I should follow God when he calls or that that calling will consume you until you do. Because in my, in my past, I have fought the calling of God. Because as we talked about last week, it wasn't convenient or it just wasn't the right time or I wasn't 100% sure or I, I, I just needed to know how. And the fact of the matter is, when I started all of this, I didn't know how. But I didn't need to either because God's word never fails. You know, sometimes I think it's okay for us to ask how. 
Not to ask God, are you sure? Not, not to kind of balk at what he's doing, but just to say, okay, God, but how? And I'm here to tell you today that if God places a calling on your life, he will make a way for that calling to come to fruition to fruition because God's word never fails. Let's look at Isaiah 43 verses 16 through 19. He's talking to Israel. He says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. When the path forward seems impossible, God will make a way. So when God calls, respond accordingly. When God calls, respond accordingly. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 38. After Mary has this discussion with Gabriel, her response is one that should really just blow you away after we've talked about everything that she was facing at her young age with this baby that she knew would be coming on the way, newly betrothed to her husband, facing a life of just complete destitution. Let's just look at Mary's response in verse 38 of Luke chapter 1. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I am the Lord's servant. May your will be fulfilled. What a difference between Mary and Zechariah. What an just absolutely mind-blowing difference. One, a 13-year-old girl getting ready to start her new life. The other, Zechariah, a priest well along in years. And yet, look at the difference in their response. Zechariah's, are you sure? Versus Mary's, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. One, Zechariah had everything to gain. Remember, his heart's deepest desire to have a child, to have a son, was granted to him. One had everything to gain. The other, everything to lose. Everything to lose. And yet, her response, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. May your word be fulfilled. My question to you is, when God calls, do you respond with eagerness? Do you question the calling? Do you doubt it? Do you wish that God was calling someone else instead? I, I look at these two stories and I almost, not almost, I, I, I definitely think that the responses should have been flipped. That Zechariah should have responded with eagerness and joy and I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And Mary should have said, whoa, are you sure? Are you sure? And yet it wasn't. What faith Mary had. What courage she had. Oh, if all of us could just step out when God calls and say, hey, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. But do we do that? You see, if we look back, remember when the Israelites failed to respond to God in a correct manner, they were left to wander the desert. 
When Jonah willfully ignored God's call, he was swallowed by the great fish. We talked about Zechariah last week. He was silenced. When Lot's wife failed to follow God's instruction to not turn back and look at the cities as God was destroying them, she was turned into a pillar of salt. Sometimes our response to God's calling to God speaking delays the outcome, but other times it completely changes it. When God calls you, respond accordingly, respond with joy, respond with happiness and faith and confidence because his word never fails, ever, not one time in history, not one time. And because the blessing that is about to come your way is well worth it. Respond accordingly. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the ability to be able to have a worship service even though we're not all able to gather in the same place. What a blessing that has turned out to be for us. God, we thank you so much for our church, the people that call Crosspoint home, our leadership who helps make tough decisions. God, we, we just thank you uh, above all else um, for that being the case. Because without them, Lord, we wouldn't be able to do everything that it is that you've called us to do. And so we thank you. Just want to say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Let faith rise and see the kingdom come. I lift my eyes for the battle has been won. My God is faithful. Oh, and every single word he said is true. Yes, it is. This world is shaking, but you cannot be shaken. My heart is breaking, but I'm not broken yet. Your love is fearless. Help me to be courageous too. Oh, there is nothing impossible. This world is shaking. But you cannot be shaken. My heart is breaking, but I'm not broken yet. Your love is fearless. Help me to be courageous too. Oh, there is nothing impossible for the God of miracles. We need your supernatural love to break through nothing's impossible cause you're the God of miracles oh there is nothing impossible for you God God of miracles come we need your supernatural you are and we see you work we trust in you God for your word is true your word is true oh God of miracles come cause we need your supernatural love to break through nothing's impossible the God miracles. Thank you.
sing one more song with me this morning. Um, it's a new song. It's a song that we're going to teach you um, called Battle Belongs. Um, I thought this would be a great way to end our service uh, this morning, singing um, a song about 
um, how uh, even when God asks us to do the, the seemingly impossible things, that we would have the response um, that, that Mary had, which was, uh, I am your servant, Lord. Whatever you would ask me to do, um, uh, I will do. And knowing that ultimately uh, the victory doesn't have to come from us. It doesn't have to come from our own merit, our own holiness, our own righteousness, our own strength. Um, but on uh, the strength of our God who is um, capable, more than capable to handle any foe and any, um, any enemy that might come our way. Um, the battle belongs to him. And so uh, we're going to teach you this song uh, this morning, um, and we'll sing it again next week as well. Um, it'll be a song that we sing throughout this series um, called Battle Belongs. It goes like this. No. 
Again, guys, we just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today. We will have news for you shortly on how we're going to approach the upcoming weeks. Hopefully, we'll get to be back together next week. But again, like I told you earlier this week in a video, the whole situation's fluid. Our job is to help make sure that we are doing what's best for the people of Crosspoint and making sure that we are protected and making sure that we make sound decisions that are wise not based off of anything else other than what we just feel, frankly, God is leading us to do and what's best for our church. So I'll, I'll have more information for you coming up soon. Uh, keep your ears and eyes open for that as it will come across our social media platforms. We hope that you have a great week. Remember, when God calls you to do something this week, respond accordingly. We love you guys. Choose second.